Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, a Nirvana fan podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Travis Clark. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod. I am Adam Todd Brown. I am Travis fucking Clark. And we're your hosts. We sure are. We are hosts who co- and <laughs> yeah, we co together. We do. We co. We co the shit out of this podcast. We sure do. We co mingle. We co. We don't cohabitate, but we 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 do not. We co occupy certain places. S- the studio right yeah. now. We've also been out in public at similar venues <laughs> at the same time. Things. Yeah, we've been to things. We've been to things. We have T-shirts that what? say we've been to things. We sure do. <laughs> That's my main T-shirt I wear. So when it just says. I've been to things. Yeah. And it's a guy shrugging at the bottom. Yeah. Cracked used to sell a t-shirt that looked like the Hard Rock Cafe logo, but it just said, I've been places. Nice. Because that's true. Yeah, that's kind of the point of a Hard Rock Cafe. Man, isn't it funny that the t-shirt lasted longer than the business for uh, for, for Hard Rock? Yeah. I mean, that was it's a thing. It's not doing well. Is there one here? No, I... Well, there was. I don't know if it still is. It was up at, like, City Walk up in Universal City. I bet it's still here but remember there was a time where it was like "Ooh, you got the london hard rock one well i have the yeah. chicago one and oh you got the mexico city one and you try to collect them all like some kind of dumb fucking game the only cool one i've ever been to is in minneapolis prince yeah yeah prince yeah. a lot of prince stuff a lot there of prince stuff. a lot of michael jackson stuff there too weirdly <laughs> what a fucking shit yeah what if they just couldn't escape each other? They just constantly they were, could not. yeah, always in competition. Yeah. Even in his home city. Even in the way they died. Right. They both True. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah. Right. Uh where was Chad Michael Murray during is that his name? Was that the doctor? Uh or am I, I making up a I feel like that's like a country singer well, from the nineties you know. or something. Sure, him too. <laughs> Conrad Murray was the doctor. Oh, it's close. <laughs> Chad Michael Murray knows Conrad Murray. They're they're in the Murray group. They're related. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? This is an interesting episode. <sighs> yeah. Look, we've been uh, we've been at this for a minute, as the kids say. The kids still say that? The kids do still oh, say yeah. that. I've They've been it. saying it for a minute. Have they? <laughs> I have not been young. Woo! I've been young for a minute, so I don't know what the kids are saying. Ah, sure. Fidget spinner's still a thing? I don't know. I have no idea. I have one. Do you? A fan, oh, you have a few. Yeah, they sent a them fan to you. just randomly sent one and didn't put a return address on it, so I have no idea. Who would sent you it. have returned it if they did? Well, I would at least know who <laughs> sent it. I like the idea of like that. There are certain things that don't get to stay at the Unpops headquarters. That would be cool. We yeah. should just fire some stuff back. <laughs> right? Nope. Take Try harder. Back. Uh, since we've been doing this for a minute and we've kind of had a change of opinion towards Mr. Cobain, you posed the question to me uh, not too long ago, like, are we being too hard on the guy? He's a perpetual 27-year-old. He never right. gets to learn from these mistakes that we as older than 27 get to look back on and go, well, I wouldn't have done that or Jesus, what a dick. And I don't, yeah. I don't know if we're giving him the benefit of the doubt to be... He might have had the same feelings we have about himself as had he gone past 27. Yeah, for sure. So, and it's, you know, I I was a piece of shit when I was 27. Not like a piece of shit. I don't think I was a bad person. But oh, I definitely was. I wasn't cool. Like, I wasn't good. Sure. I was a 27-year-old. And if I had died at 27, 
it would have meant nothing to the world. If I had died at 37, uh, yeah. still very questionable things in my, in my <laughs> uh, life. If I die at 47, still <laughs> not totally sure there's a lot of things that people are going to be like, no, he was the best guy all the time <laughs> and so much fun to be around. Oh, my God. Have you ever been around Travis when he's not talking about Blade Runner? The most fun. The most fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, with this climate right now, with all of the sexual right. assault stuff. Oh, I thought you meant winter. I thought you meant just the late fall. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're in California. Yeah. It's never winter. Never really. Yeah. yeah. 60 degree season oh, basically scarf weather yeah it's harsh yeah i wonder how with like it, it hasn't come up i mean mostly because he's dead but <laughs> if kurt cobain was still alive and that story from the documentary about him basically trying to have sex with a mentally handicapped right. girl but that's already been debunked as like a fiction like it was a thing that was not a real story yeah it's that's kind of the problem with Kurt's myth making is that right. story is a story he told himself. Possibly never for consumption, though. Possibly never to go sure. anywhere. Sure. Because look, uh, I think I've mentioned it before on this show. I've been writing uh, short stories every day this year, and I've gone back and read some of them. And God, I hope I'm the only person that ever does that. There's some of those that I oh, go, yeah. no, please, please let no one else ever put eyeballs on this. When I moved from Wisconsin to South Dakota, I at uh, at one point had really gotten into writing poetry. Uh-huh. That uh, checks out. And uh, when I think of you, I do think the soul of a poet. I mean, that is 100%. <laughs> By the time I moved, I was like, no, nah, I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. And I took a bunch of these notebooks and just threw them out and like set them on the curb. And it's one of my biggest fears in life. Someone found it. That I put my name in one of those and that someone still mm. has it. If you're and going that, to be a poet, don't just up and throw it, is what I think <laughs> Adam is trying to tell us. So it'll be interesting if that ever... I mean, it's nothing... It's just not good. Well, you know what would be great, though, is if you do see it and you go, well, thank God someone else like put their name on it. You know, <laughs> like if someone oh, yeah. stole it, you're like, okay, that's cool. You can oh, have be, that. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, because you're like, I'm not going to come after you. You can have it. It's yeah. yours. Uh, speaking of which, uh, seeing that how we're going to be constantly judging a man who never lived past the age of 27, I have in front of us... Three journals from a oh, wow. uh, time when I was uh, from the age of about 18 to 20-something. I'm not going to lie. These look like movie props. They're pretty bad. They're yeah. pretty... <laughs> they're definitely... Oh, by the way, look who's on the back of this one. Kurt! Kurt Cobain! With an uh, added button that I put on that says, I'm an asshole, because I was mad at him for committing suicide. <laughs> what a coward. Take that, you fucking dick. I forget if there's any other little treasures hidden in here. I, I glued. Here's the. Here, okay, you want to judge me? Here's, yep. But please have at it. All of these were glued onto the front of this. During an acting exercise in my acting class, I had to do something in front of people. Wow. Yeah. So all of this was done uh, in front of a bunch of people who also wanted to be actors. You, that was the exercise? That was, was, the brewing. exercise was to bring in something like a craft, and then someone had to come in and try and distract you. Oh, uh, I see. Is that Kurt on the inside? That's Kurt on the inside that with the words the dead written above him, just in case I'd <laughs> forgotten. In case maybe... <laughs> I was going to go through this and go, who, who's a musician that I like that's no longer alive? Found it. That is an iconic photo, though. It is. It's him on the ground banging uh, the, uh, 
guitar with the, it's a famous. Um, I used to have that on a T-shirt. What does it say? Uh, vandalism is as beautiful as a rock in a cop's, cop's face. face. Yeah, and he's <laughs> oh, look at that. How about that? While we're at it, here's a 21 year old Travis at a show. Very nice. Yeah. What show was it? That was a Wesley Willis show. Oh, damn. Yeah. In fact, here's a photo, apparently, of Wesley Willis that I keep with me for good luck, <laughs> which I was not aware of. That is Wesley Willis. Yeah, that's Wesley Willis, uh, who's also no longer with us. Apparently, I didn't write dead on this one. Apparently, I was okay with Wesley not I mean, being you can write us. it now. That's you true. Have time. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing about this photo, this is the girl that I desperately wanted to be dating, and this guy in the red hat is totally checking her out during this photo of me <laughs> celebrating my birthday. And I don't know if you can tell in this photo, definitely have an eyebrow ring in this photo. Definitely. You used to have an eyebrow oh, ring? Oh, I had a rings. You name a place, I had a ring. I uh, had an eyebrow ring very briefly. Really? I had an eyebrow ring, and I worked at a telemarketing company. I sprung for the gold eyebrow ring. Wow, you big spender. You. Okay. And I wore it for a day, and then my job informed me that uh, because I worked at a highly reputable cable television telemarketing firm, sure, uh, I could not. That was a strict violation of the dress code. Oh, lest any customers see me on the phone with this eyebrow. Sure. Ring. Uh, so I had to take it out, and I did not. This was pre-internet, so I didn't really research how to remove these things. And I oh, just no. tried to use like wire cutters to pull it apart. This isn't going. And well. I ended up just sort of tearing it out of my eye, ah. and it really, really hurt. Um, similar story. I uh, was working at a very reputable hot dog stand. <laughs> nice <laughs> with an eyebrow ring, and. Um, I was asked to remove it when it became extremely infected, and the customers did not want to order food from me. And they were like, "Oh, honey, that's infected." I'm like, "No, it's just, uh, it's just healing." And then literally blood and pus like would drip <laughs> out of it. And I was like, "This is just normal. It's fine. You understand me? I'm 19, and I'm going to change the world." You had a job at 19. Well, I guess yeah. I did too. I worked yeah. a bunch of fast food shit. That's what I did. Yeah. Oh, look, it's a. Uh, Poster for uh, Henry Rollins book signing that I definitely went to. With a coupon for 30% off yeah. the book. At, at Tower Records Sunset. That's not there anymore. No, it sure isn't. So yeah, Kurt, he, we've, some of the, what are some of the things we've taken issue with recently? I think his, his conflict resolution abilities yeah, his, are not the best. His passive aggressiveness, I think, yeah, his just general... I don't know. It's it just something about the way that he would do like that photo shoot thing has never really sat right with me. Yeah, I've been since we talked about doing this episode, I've been trying to run that through my head and justify it in some way. And the only thing I can come up with is sometimes stuff like that might be like a last ditch effort to save the situation and maybe if we all do this we'll bond but then you hear about how those photo shoots go and like the plus and minus thing right. and all that yeah, and you're like, like ah, why but maybe i mean look uh let's not make it a band let's make it a, a girl that you're dating i definitely did the photo shoot not a photo shoot but like yeah that kind of thing of like no i'm gonna act like we're cool but i really don't want to date you anymore like i really don't want to date you anymore but i will date you for five more years because i think it's supposed <laughs> to 
Uh, I think that's part of being young and being in a, well, from my point of view and from my experience, being really insecure, like not knowing sure, yeah. how to be able to be like, I understand this is going to make you not like me, but I don't know how to be okay with that at this moment. Yeah. And I think a lot <laughs> Boy, of- we are, Man, should I bring out the couch? <laughs> Do we need to start charging by the hour? Yeah. Ooh, that, was a, that was a bit more vulnerable than I was planning. Well, that's, but I, I mean, it, it's true though. Like, where we have been judging him really fucking harshly. Yeah. And I don't know that there's anyone who doesn't have something like that in their past. Like, right, it but- takes a while to learn how to navigate situations in an adult way. Sure. And nobody likes conflict. No. Well, some people well, do. I mean, some yeah. people do. No, yeah, not but- normal people don't. Yeah. Uh, I think with Kurt Cobain, maybe not so much he doesn't like conflict. I think he's someone who doesn't like to hurt feelings, but he can do it if he didn't have to see it. Right. Like, as long as the person was hurting somewhere off in the distance and he wasn't faced with it, it seemed like he was fine with it then, which is shitty, but also... Well, yeah, I guess so, because the thing about he breaks up with the girlfriend by announcing that he's been fucking Courtney yep. Love, again, that's very indirect. It's direct, but it's very not at the person directly yeah, in front of Yeah, it's a very passive-aggressive yeah. way to break up with someone. It's the most aggressive, passive-aggressive <laughs> way to do that, I think. Exactly. You're definitely, I mean, like, it's it's the aggressive is the large part, and the passive is, like, super small, you know? Yeah. It's, but, uh, oh, boy. I mean, in terms of dealing with people, I think we've, uh, everyone, no one starts out knowing exactly how to handle relationships in general, not right. just romantic relationships, but friendships. Those count as relationships. I sure. tell Jeff all the time. He's one of the most stable relationships I've ever had. I'm so sorry to hear that. I know. It's crazy, That's right? really rough. Yeah. Because yeah. really as we're talking about like things that were like, oh, maybe I haven't dealt with things in the best, best way, I'm like, oh, that applies to my relationship <laughs> with Jeff May. I have not <laughs> dealt with a lot of that in the best way. I could have done a lot better. So good of he in hindsight, but I'll definitely own my part of it. Yeah. But the thing with me and Jeff, I mean, it is a good example because we like we're adults and we we fight like we fight. We have arguments. We have disagreements and uh, we don't ever sit on them. Like as soon as we know there's something weird between us, we fucking well, that's either talk about it or we yell about it. And then it's fine. And we get back to doing the podcast. But. I'm 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 fucking 41 years old. Jeff is uh it, he's so young. He was born in 1980, so he's like what, 35, 36, 37. Yeah, 37. Yeah, or going to be if when is it Yeah, he must be 37 by now. That was math I should not have struggled with yeah, to that degree considering simple, yeah. 1980. He's got the zero. Yeah. But I think it might be 81. I don't know. 36, but, 37. But at 27, I don't know if I if either of us would probably handle like when we go on tour, we fight and we have to like work through that. I don't know if 23, 24, 25 year old me in that situation would have handled it well. In fact, I know I wouldn't. I know I wouldn't have. Well, I mean, look, I met Jeff when I was 37. That's the age I met Jeff at, I think, 36, 37. Yeah, I yeah. Was close to that. Yeah. yeah, it was when I moved to LA because we moved to, me and Jeff moved to LA pretty much the exact okay. same time. Okay. So, yeah. And uh, I will tell you that uh, I I quickly became friends with Jeff, and then I quickly became uh, aggressive towards Jeff, which I, <laughs> I, I and I I can't totally put my finger on the reasons why. 
But I, I have heard the sous vide story. Is it that? Oh fuck! I don't want to tell you what. Look, for those of you who don't know, sous vide is a delicious way to cook food. I have one. I talk you, about yeah, it you all have, the time. Yeah. I fucking love it. It's great. I don't know what it is about Quincy and Jeff that will not stop <laughs> shitting on me for liking things that are nice. And they would not stop to the point where people that, I mean, removed so many places removed that I showed up somewhere and someone went, oh, I heard about you. You're the guy who likes boiled food. And I went, no, that's not right. It's not boiled. It is it's not boiled. Circulated with hot water at a low. T- it's slow cooking with hot water. Okay, I'm already worked up again. <laughs> but go on. But uh, my point is, <laughs> Jeff May has a heart shaped like a fist. Is my point, and that sometimes you have conflict with people, and it takes a while for you, the uh, the universal you, to figure out. How to, like you were saying, when you have a conflict, to go, let's talk about this and work yeah. this out. To understand that that relationship means something to you. At 27, even at 27, I'd argue, and this is nothing, this is not an ageist thing, but at 27, you're still, you're just kind of coming into the thrusthood of being an actual adult. You've actually lived a little bit of time right. past being a teenager now, and you're kind of starting to figure shit out. You don't necessarily, some 27 year olds do, but most 27 year olds, I'd argue, would still don't understand. I need to sit you down and talk with you and figure this out if this relationship is important to me. Right, right. You know, if someone's not important to you, you go, well, they're a dick and I'm out. You know, you can have, I'm not, oh, I almost did something very unprofessional. I'm not going to do it. 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 Do it. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try. Look, this is, this is my thing. <laughs> this is my thing if sitting where I'm at at 43 to go like, this is what you learn about being an adult is you can have these thoughts and let them go and not make them, you know, make them not make everything a fucking heart to mouth kind of thing. You can sit there right. and go, not everything needs to be this. And I think that's the disconnect I feel uh, that Kurt never got. Kurt never got to be, what would he have been, 50? Yeah, he was born in 67. So he would have been be 50 this early 50. part of this year, right? Yeah, yeah, 50. He was born February 20th. Right. Which I only know because I was born March 20th, 76. Oh, interesting. He was born February 20th, 67. Look at that. Isn't so that yeah. kind of... It's like we're related. It's, uh, pretty much. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm in Nirvana. Right. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm well, on the list. I'm on the... It's a long list. Yeah, you're, you've been inducted into the Hall of Fame of sure. people who were in Nirvana. This <laughs> is a long list. Very long list. You had a photo shoot, I believe. Um, but I think the thing that... I would have been one of the more things I'm curious about as we've dived into Cobain and his inner life and what all this shit worked out to for him. Yes, I would be curious about his music had he lived longer and made different choices. Of course, yeah. I'd also be curious, like, what a 50 year old Kurt Cobain would be like. Because we know what a a 50 year old Courtney Love is like. And that's kind of, uh, I really don't think that would have stayed. I really think that would have drifted apart. I think the. Oh yeah, I mean he, I, 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 I couldn't imagine him still being with Courtney Love at any point. But I, I always, I kind of picture Kurt Cobain had he gotten older as like a Neil Young type, right? Who just sort of, or even Tom Waits to some degree, maybe Tom Waits even more so, where they just kind of live on a farm in California. And they fucking tour when they want to tour, and they make the music that they want to make. And sometimes they say shit. This is more Neil Young than Tom Waits, for sure. But sometimes they say shit, and you're like, why are you saying that? Like, uh, I don't agree with that at all. But also, 
you're Neil Young, so I fucking you are you. And I that would be my hope for him that he would just at some point have uh kind of let go of the idea cuz he Kurt Cobain wanted to be a rock star. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. that's that's very apparent yeah, and verifiable. Yeah. Yeah. And my hope is that at some point he would have kind of let that go and just sort of I don't know. It, it sounds like a bad way to put it, but just kind of coasted on the the respect that he had earned from people. Um, I was just thinking about this as, as we were talking. Do you think, and this is an unanswerable, I guess there's no wrong answer to this, but I'm just curious what your opinion would be. Uh, do you think Nirvana would have been this mythological band that it is regarded now had Kurt lived? Like they definitely were a big band of the nineties, but there's a lot of big band of the nineties that don't have that kind of mythology to them. I think Nevermind would still be considered a really landmark album. Sure. In the same way Metallica's Black album is considered that. But in the years since, people have really had kind of a love hate relationship with Metallica. Right. And even Pearl Jam to some sure. degree, where I mean no one's gonna argue that 10 is one of the most important albums of the 90s. At least the early 90s, yeah. 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 But beyond that, it gets a little dicey in terms of <laughs> in terms of Pearl Jam in their yeah. importance to music. But and the Ticketmaster, you know, it all depends on really the the lens you put on that. Doesn't it it kind of yeah. sucks that no one backed them up? On that, like bands like REM, or I, I actually heard Courtney Love make this point too once, and I totally agree with her that it is kind of shit. Like Ticketmaster does have a monopoly on oh, ticket sales, right? And for Pearl Jam to that big of a band to stand up and say, "Hey, let's break this shit up and just start doing this shit on our own," and not a single other band joined on, that's shitty. It like, is weird. You would think at least someone like REM or U2 or someone that actually had the power and leverage to change that shit. If even a couple of those people had joined in, they probably would it probably would be looked at as a really important thing as opposed to this thing that we just kind of make fun of Pearl Jam over. Right. And for those of uh, maybe some people don't know this, but Pearl Jam took on Ticketmaster like to to the point of going to to Congress about it. Yes, um, and so did I think Frank Zappa did too. Someone else did, right? But he would have been dead by the time Pearl Jam was doing it. He did died he die in ninety one, ninety three. Okay, I think, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but Pearl Jam. I mean, like, did congressional hearings? So imagine Pearl Jam at their height in front of Congress answering questions about Ticketmaster. Yeah, yeah, and. Not a single band joined them. No. Which is fucked up. Yeah. Because now you have Live Nation, which is... Uh, it's just Ticketmaster, isn't Ticketmaster it? has yeah. branched out into Live Nation, and now it's to the point where if you sign a record deal with a major label, they also get part of your... Live stuff, right? Your live yeah. stuff. Yeah, your, your touring, touring revenue. Yeah. And that's the only way bands make money. That and merch, yeah. And, uh, I mean, it would have... Yeah, actually, Frank Zappa, I think, was dead by then, because this was post-Nirvana, too, right? Uh, but Yeah, because I think we're like talking 95, 96 by the time they're going to Congress. Because that's a thing I could have... Like, I, I feel like people tend to hate other people when they see too much of themselves 
in that other person. Oh, sure. And I sometimes think Speaking that, of getting older, that's something I just realized this oh, year. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. I just was like, oh, I hate entitlement in other people because sometimes I think I'm entitled to things, and when I see other people do it, I realize <laughs> I hate that part of myself. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was at least some of the root of the Kurt Cobain, Eddie Vedder feud, is that they were kind of the same. Like, they made vastly different music, but otherwise, they weren't that different. They were both very political. Right. They were both... Small-town dudes. Yeah, small-town dudes who were the front man of, at the time, the two biggest bands in music. And Kurt was obviously very competitive, but I could also, as shit, as much as we've shit on Kurt Cobain uh, in past episodes, that Ticketmaster thing is a thing I could see those two having maybe teamed up over. Oh, we could have we could have gotten the band the <laughs> the super group together. We could have gotten the the su- just those two. Can you? Yeah. I just wanted to see Kurt Cobain testify in front of Congress. Sure, I can't. Uh-huh. I can't even do a. Sh- <laughs> I can't even do a show without Ticketmaster. I mean, look, I have the resources where I could just hand the fees back to the people buying, but it doesn't... What does that solve, you know? Oh, that would be so (laughs) great. (laughs) It would have been so great. Well, I wonder, speaking of that, because look, uh, Chris Novoselic, I put the tea on for fun. Nope. Uh, Just for fun. It was was a paused tea. I will admit it was fun. Yeah. he ended up getting into politics. Yes. I wonder if Kurt would have gone a similar route. Like, what if we would have had the, the floor recognizes the gentleman from Washington, Senator Cobain? <laughs> what if Nirvana just became a political party? <laughs> that would have been fantastic. But yeah, he and he did have a. There was a lot of he. He was a political guy. Sure, like he cared about. Uh, he was an ally before it was cool to be an ally. Yes, yeah. yes. He was he was a feminist before dudes knew you could even be a feminist. Right. And staunchly. Like, not just, it wasn't really, like, you never got the sense that it was for show. No, 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 no. And it's kind of, I've always preferred working with women. Uh, I've always been more comfortable with women. And it's because when I was in grade school and high school, I was really fat. And girls were nice to me. Oh. And it was dudes who were assholes. Uh, guys are and problems. that yeah. carried over into my adult life where I'm like, I mean, most of the people who helped me behind the scenes with this uh, network are women because I feel more, I just generally feel more comfortable dealing with women. And I feel like that might have been with as hard as Kurt railed against jocks and shit like that. I feel like that probably was part of it, right? I think I think uh, what what do they call them? Like beta alpha is that a thing that they say or an alpha beta? Like the the male Isn't it who's just a beta? Who's, yeah, it's someone who's a beta, but they're like the alpha of the betas. <laughs> like they're the most <laughs> beta male, but they're the most dominant beta. Yeah, I think he was kind of in that category. Yeah, I could see that, right? Because I mean, he's, he, I mean, look, as we've noticed, he couldn't even destroy fabric. Like he couldn't. He rip. was a meek man. <laughs> he was a. He's a tiny boy. He was a tiny, tiny, sensitive soul. He had upper body issues. <laughs> he did. He was. That was one thing I remember hearing about him. That one of the reasons you always see him in like 
a flannel shirt and a cardigan and then another cardigan oh, yeah. was not because it was like the cool look. It was he felt self self conscious yeah. about his he wispy body. Wanted to look bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I was like, oh what a problem. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. I wish. Because I remember when I, uh, when all that stuff. I layer to hide how tight my t shirts are. (laughs) Sure. I'm with you. I remember I once, uh, back during the 90s, the, uh, the insulated flannels became really popular. Remember those? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, and I was going to school at the time in Pittsburgh, which had an actual winter. So I bought a couple of these, like, really thick layered, uh, flannels. And I saw a photo of me and I looked like a grunge refrigerator. (laughs) Like, I was just. (laughs) A fucking rectangle. It was just the worst. There's so, a picture yeah. of me like that on Facebook too. Yeah, I fucking i i i hope those come back though. I will, oh, I, I love, they're great. I will be right back on board the minute sure. flannel comes back. Oh, you know I loved what I'm it so much. You know what I I secretly wish to be uh, cool again. And even if it's not, I'm 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 doing it. The uh, the full wool lined jean jackets. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I loved those. I feel like an individual person could bring that back. Like, sure. if you have enough of a sense of style, you could wear that right now. Right, but it, get is, away with it, it is not a slimming garment. It is no. very bulky. It's it's yeah. definitely that. And even in the coldest time of Southern California, there are times where you go, hey, this is, this, I think I don't, I don't need this. This is too much. I have a coat in my closet right now that I've just been yearning to wear for like 18 months, and I've just never had a chance. What is, what is it? It's just a nice winter coat. But oh, yeah. I signed up for this clothing subscription service for a while, and at one point they sent me a coat. Like a winter coat. I'm like, I'm in Southern California, well, motherfucker. Take a mountain day. Go out to the mountains. I guess. Yeah. yeah. You know. You never know. You never know when you're going to need a mountain coat. <laughs> so Kurt Cobain. Kurt. Have we been too hard on him? I I think, yeah. you know what? I, I uh, So I've also been thinking about it. And another thing I've been thinking about is, uh, yes, I think we have been too hard on him, first of all. But secondly, it's almost a trap. Because we don't have him to defend himself. Right. And it's the same reason I think that the uh, conspiracy theories about why he did or didn't commit suicide happen is that even if you didn't know the guy, if his music or his presence was important to you, the idea of him being gone is you have to find reasons for it. You have to like, yeah, we have to reject the actual reason and come up with other reasons. So to sit here and look at a guy who at 27 and the height of his fame took his own life, you want to go, well, even look, I fucking like I wrote on my fucking journal. I'm an asshole. That's the way I've been feeling about him as a fan yeah. for over 20 years because I felt abandoned by him. And I think right. that's kind of a weird, a weird lens to look at this guy through as opposed to Here's a musician or an artist or however you want to qualify him who, yeah, maybe he did some questionable things. But like we were saying earlier, we've all done questionable things. I did questionable things on the way here. You know, yeah. like <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, you texted me about yeah, them. They yeah, were yeah, you were abhorrent. You were like, uh, please, uh, prank call, prank call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's hard not to be because. I think as as a fan of him, I wanted him to be a better person. And the sure. idea of who I thought he was, just like with anybody, there's that whole saying of don't go meet your heroes. Well, also, too, maybe don't dig into their past as well. Right. Don't podcast yeah. about your heroes. <laughs> that is the <laughs> thesis of this entire <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Don't go digging up the dead potties. Right. Yeah. Ah, no. 
And I like I even I bring up Neil Young as this. Oh well, maybe Kurt would have been kind of like a Neil Young guy. But Neil is not well He's liked. A yeah. Fucking cunt. Like which the there it is. He is. <laughs> there's a really famous story where speaking of not resolving conflicts well, he was on a tour with Stephen Stills. They did an album in of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Yes. Yeah. But and in '74, Stills and Young did an album together. It's got one of Neil Young's best songs ever on it called Long May You Run. But they were on tour to support that album, and they had a falling out. And Neil Young quit that tour in the middle of the tour, and he quit by leaving Stephen Stills a note that said something along, I'm paraphrasing, but it's something along the lines of, isn't it weird how sometimes things start out great and end up rotten? Eat a peach. Neil, is and that why the it he was gone from the tour? He didn't tell anyone he was leaving. He didn't tell the fans he was leaving. He was just gone. So Stephen still had to go basically do a solo tour. Had to basically, I don't remember if he did the rest of the shows as solo shows, which. He's Steven Stills. He should have just done that. Right. I hope he did that. Oh, man. It's too bad he didn't do that now. He'd just be like, and now, hologram Neil Young, everybody. <laughs> hologram Neil Young filling in for the apparently peach-eating Neil Young who doesn't want to be my friend anymore. But with someone like Neil Young, there's so many stories like that, and he's so old that cumulatively, when you take what he's done as an artist compared to... Uh, the shitty things he's done to Steven Stills. Sure. It's like people aren't perfect and I fucking get it. And right. I still love Neil Young. He also, you know, built his own effects pedals and built a contraption that allowed his son, who's in a wheelchair to play with model trains. So he's not, he's a complex guy, right? Nobody, very few people are either all good or all bad. Right. We're a big mixed bag of both. Usually. Right. You know? And I, f I feel like we are definitely hitting on or hearing a lot of the bad Kurt Cobain stories. And also, too, we're hearing we're hearing them from another point of view. You know? Right. So I, I'm only trying to relate it, relate it to things that have happened to me personally. Think about other comics, you know, who are mad at another comic success and how all of a sudden any time that person, you know, didn't, you know, got something that the other comic felt they deserved or was belittled them in some way or what is perceived uh, becomes perceived as belittled. That becomes the story that we tell about that person. Oh, that per Oh, I remember right. they were nobody and they were fucking blah, 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 blah. That's in some cases, the stories that we're hearing about Kurt, we're hearing it from the people who are maybe resentful of his success. Sure. Or maybe, yeah. uh, angry like I am about his, suicide feeling left behind yeah. from a different point of view of like actually being a close friend so yeah i think we've definitely been too hard on the dude i think we've definitely but we've also too that's that's the easy stuff to find we're not finding the stories of here's the cool thing he did. he once rescued puppies you know like he did love cats yeah that's There's true a lot of pictures of kurt with his cat and the turtle story is still a tough one <laughs> that's still a tough one 
Who's taking in that many turkeys? Where did he find them? <laughs> I don't Where did he know. find them? Maybe, I was just at Petco. They're like $26 each. Maybe the Pacific Northwest has a turtle surplus. Like maybe That doesn't seem likely, Travis. But you never know. There it might seems be, so unlikely. There might be wild turtles just roaming <laughs> the streets of Seattle. I don't know. I haven't been there in quite some oh time. Oh, my God. That would be the cutest <laughs> infestation ever. Oh, no, our town's overrun with wild turtles. (laughs) Don't worry. This future rock star will take them in. Don't step on them, everybody. You'll fall. Right. Or you'll launch them uh, (laughs) as little shells, and then they'll bounce back and forth, and you got to jump over them. But you'll think of the coins. Think of the the coins you'll get. Think of the coins you'll get. And if you have the star, then it'll bounce off, and you'll be fine. Right. Don't worry about that. But, yeah, it is. It's, I think, another thing that we're not taking into account is a lot of what where we've gotten so far in the Nirvana story is him kind of feeling out what this band is going to be and what he's going to be publicly. Right. And I don't think anyone even if the methods he used to finally find the right drummer weren't the best, I don't think anyone would argue with the fact that he did eventually settle on the ideal drummer for right. that band. And there's something to be said for not settling. Sure. Like, it would have been cool if he had just said, hey, you're not in the band anymore, as opposed to, hey, come do a photo shoot, and right. then uh, we're going to do another show as a different lineup without you in a month. But it's... To some degree, this is a business he's building. And from, he's, what, from what I hear is, is you can't argue with the results. Maybe you don't like the path, but it got the results. Right. Yeah. It's the same reason people support Trump. It's it's They're just really good at finding drummers. <laughs> he's like <laughs> such a good front man. It's unbelievable. It's but but the people who follow Trump type figures are really good at just focusing on the end. And the end result, or focusing on the box that gets ticks for them, and and, and right. ignoring the other thing, and whatever leads up to it is uh, fine, right? And that's kind of how we've approached Nirvana up to this point, and it's just a different way to because I've always known about the drummers thing, but I was just always like, ah, he didn't didn't have the right drummer, but I didn't know right. the detail. Same, same. Like I knew, like I knew there were some other dudes, and I knew they didn't work out. I didn't know the way and like oh you know breaking the dude's drum kits every night like yeah but at the same time again i can't sit there and be like how could he it was like i tried to break up with a girl aggressively for four years <laughs> you know like <laughs> just basically like will you just break up with me so that i'm off the hook you know like yeah it, it, i can't i can't that's clearly what he was doing with the drummer right yeah and it it's like it's easy to fault him for that and it's hard to fault him for that because right. he's so young in all of these stories like and, and to your point too of him being a businessman slash public figure there's no there man well there's media training now back then there certainly wasn't and it right. certainly isn't something that a, a young kurt cobain would have gone through there is no i'm a fucking guy from a small town i am now the biggest band in the world boot camp like you don't sure yeah. you can may think i want to be that but the reality of those things happening are there's there's so many unknowns there's yeah in science what is it there's the known unknowns and the unknown unknowns there's right there's the stuff you know you don't know and there's stuff you don't even know you don't know and i would say uh at my own peril i'm far from somebody i would say is a massive public figure but if you look at my twitter account especially when i started 
I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And you're just oh, saying sure. every dumb fucking thought that's coming your way, thinking that it should be entertaining or liked or retweeted. And after a while you go, no, this is embarrassing. This is just bad. Right. And that's the social archaeology we leave behind or, you know, our acts, our tweets, our journal, our journals of these things that you're doing while trying to figure something out. And that's not the way to necessarily, that's not the only metric to judge somebody by. For sure. Yeah, it's I like I've I've had, you know, I've been working in comedy since 2007. Okay. Basically, I've been writing online for comedy websites and I swear to god, every article I've ever written when I was writing it, I was like this is so much better than that shit I wrote last time. Right. Like it's just even if I wasn't correct, I know like I know from article to article it doesn't change that much but if you I've written hundreds and hundreds of articles and if you go read them all there's a really distinct progression to where at first I'm kind of funny and uh kind of figuring out cuz I didn't go to school for writing right. I didn't go to college at all uh, I went well I went for one semester and then my house burned down and I moved to Wisconsin and I never went back tail to tail is old as time <laughs> But I never, like, I never had any formal writing training, so I had to figure it out as I was doing it. And I know I've written a lot of things that if you ask me about it now, I'm going to be like, no, I don't fucking stand by that anymore. Right. That was like 10 fucking years ago, and I was a different person. That's also the nature of art and the nature yeah. of being a creator is that your your own – I have similar experiences in different ways is that you go – this like okay these journals i brought in which if you want me to by the end of the show i'll read one of these terrible things that we can <laughs> judge me by as you're doing it you go oh my god this is the best thing i've ever done and maybe it was at the time but as you get better at something and as you become a better person and through life right. you get to change the way that you judge where you are or what it is that you're doing yeah and i think that's that's a that's a luxury we don't have with kurt that's uh for sure and also i bring all that up about me writing I didn't even start writing uh, professionally until I was 31. Mm -hmm. Like up to that point, I just worked insurance jobs and fucking fast food jobs. I didn't even, by 27, I didn't even know what the fuck I want. I think I probably still thought I was going to be in a band when I was 27. And I, I still think it at 43. I mean, look, there's still <laughs> hope. There's no, there's no reason I can't. You totally can. <laughs> it's going to happen. Guys, we're getting back together. But ass capsule reunion tour. And and I think that's an important thing to keep keep in mind when we talk about Kurt Cobain is he did all of this and died uh, by at an age where most of us are just still like, who am I? What am I fucking doing? I, I'd argue. I think Kurt was still that, too. I think Kurt was right. And the difference is his growing process was documented very heavily. Right. So it's easy for us to if if there were four books written about me in my twenties, oh fuck. Well For even, one thing, there'd be a chapter about me smoking crack. Sure. So there's that. There's like the, there would be some very unfortunate things in those books. Well, I mean, even from a different point of view, think of it in terms of uh, kids who are growing up now who have had social media their whole life. Right. Like, I'm fortunate in that my, you know, I wasn't on, you know, the real world or something when I was in my 20s yeah. where there's this documented thing of me being a 
total fucking jock jackass trying yeah. to act like I was into alternative music. Like it was, if you looked at me like in a picture of me, you'd be like, uh, that dude's really into weightlifting and the pit, and you'd have been 100% correct. <laughs> Nailed it. But I'm showing up at Fugazi shows being like, look at all these posers. Oh, you mean you? You fucking dude is never, this isn't, you're co-opting a fucking thing. It's yeah. not your thing. You joined it in in process. Right. You didn't come, you didn't, oh, I've been with this band for, no, you idiot. If you had seen me at 21, you would definitely not assume I would go on to do a Nirvana podcast. In yeah, the you future. were super into hip hop, right? Nothing but. I listened to nothing but rap and R&B until I was 23, and then one day saw Nirvana Unplugged and was like, oh, I'm really selling myself short in terms of what's out there and what I could be enjoying. And it like fucking changed everything. And that's why, that's one of the reasons I love Nirvana as much as I do is they're the band that, that, that changed your opinion. That gap yeah. for yeah. me where I was like, okay, all music can be good. I get it now. I'm glad it wasn't the all about the Benjamin Foo Fighter Puff Daddy uh, <sighs> fucking banging of heads. That was bad times. That was not a great. It was bad, bad times. You know, uh, speaking of rap and rock, finding common ground you know what i've been listening to and i just I, I it is a guilty pleasure and i can't stop listening to it what's that the judgment night soundtrack it's so good i love it i love it so much we did a list cast about best movie soundtracks and i think it won oh it should yeah give me a taser open the blazer <laughs> and the black nine by the waistline never know when someone will touch jaw let you know i got mine by my body touch jaw i'm the victim that became the attacker i'd listen to it all weekend how much does it suck that nirvana's not on that um, I gotta think because we would have we would that's prime Kurt territory. Yes. I gotta think that he said no. I gotta think he he didn't think that was a or the fact that he was like Pearl Jam's on it. I'm out. I don't want anything to do. Well, with see, it. I think because also if you remember, Nirvana's not on the singles soundtrack, which is nuts. Which is a movie about basically the grunge scene right. in Seattle. And boy, did I fuck! I, there's a whole shit ton of Paul Westerberg, who's from Minneapolis, right, on that soundtrack, but no Nirvana. No, you're right, and that was a huge soundtrack for the time. Yeah, it was huge, and it's such a it's so uh, tied to the grunge era, and not it's that just, great of a movie though. No, 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 a lot. Of, yeah, uh, it's not that great. It's it, I mean, even at the time, I was like, I don't know if I. Yeah, I've never yeah. given that much of a fuck about singles or the soundtrack. The soundtrack. Paul I did. Westerberg was a disappointing solo artist. I'm sorry, uh, everybody. I'm not. I don't totally disagree with that. But I, I think I cared about that soundtrack because that was the first time Alice in Chains would showed up anywhere. Oh yeah, I think that was the first time we were like, "What? There's gonna be a new Alice record? Holy shit!" Like yeah. we all kind of freaked out about that. Yeah, that was a good song. But. Uh, Nirvana does show up on the Beavis and Butthead Do America soundtrack. Featuring I Hate Myself and, and Want to Die. Yeah, bad timing on that song. Mm, disappointing. Was that the B-side? Did we talk about this? Was that supposed to be the B-side of Heart Shaped Box? It was the B-side to Penny Royalty. Penny Royalty. And they put the CD single out a couple days before Kurt Cobain committed suicide Oof. and or was murdered. Oof. And they had to recall them, and some of them are still out there. And if you can find them, worth a shit ton of cash. Wow. Thousands of dollars. That's crazy, man. It really is. It really is. Would you like so, to hear what I was like when I was uh, I a younger man? I think I do want to hear. All right. Let's wrap up with some Travis Clark journal. All right. Uh, a, B, or C? 
Let's read from the one with Kurt on it. All right, that's a pretty bad one. Obviously. Yeah, that's a pretty bad one. I'm going to go get another drink. Okay. I'm going to just kind of flip to a page. Oh, boy. I tell you what. Here's the deal about these journals. They go vastly between um, entries of me trying to be a poet in my own right. And uh, also there's also extreme just journaling uh, ideas and thoughts that I think are important. These basically could be boiled down to it in the boohoo. Why won't she fuck me journals? Uh, oh, of sure, my life. sure. This is all yeah. just thinking I'm super strong. Oh, this one has a star next to it. So it means I thought it was good. <laughs> okay. Let's hear that one. Oh, all right. You ready? I'm done. Then this is <laughs> none of these have ever been spoken aloud. So this will be fun. Uh, I'm going to get real political. Apparently. Religion is just another word for mind control. Already dropping truth bombs off the top here. (laughs) That needs this so much. You have no idea. They scare you with their tales of hell. Degrade you until you believe their lies. You will be told what... My God. You will be told what to feel. You will be told what to think. You will be told what to say. They will break you bit by bit. Until they've killed you with their, with so much fear that you become their pawn. Images surround you. They, the companies sell you lifestyles. They sell you bikini girls with a beer. They sell you the wild adventure with a cigarette. They sell you the glamour of drugs. You buy the commercial. You buy the product. They sedate you. Pump you full of death. <laughs> oh, come on, Travis. <laughs> To mush your mind, <laughs> then you become unfeeling. <laughs> then you become unthinking, unfeeling. Unfeeling has its own line, by the way. It was a very important <laughs> word. You only know of what you, you only want to know more of what you're marketed to. You no longer pose a threat. You're being manipulated. You're being controlled. <laughs> you're being destroyed. <laughs> And I refuse to believe it. I refuse to buy in. <laughs> Come on. So were you like dating a Christian girl at this point? Uh, like, yes, I, I was. I was dating a very Catholic girl at the I time. I don't want to have sex before marriage. They're lying to you. <laughs> the hooks are too deep in you. You bought into the manipulation. Oh, uh, man. All right. So you're being pulled in. Money, life, soul, and all. Don't buy your death. Don't put faith in images. Don't trust in lies. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. That truth was pretty to, good. Yeah, truth to power right there. And the thing is, I could see that being in the Kurt Cobain journal. <laughs> sure. Book too. Right? Yeah. But there'd be like also eight lines about shit and piss right. and like tumors and, growing on shoulders right. and, and photos like, of like doll parts in yeah, a jar like diseased and yeah. vaginas <laughs> scattered around it. But otherwise that's pretty on brand for a person in their twenties oh, in general. Yeah. Teenage angst did not pay off. Well, for me, it didn't uh, do not, not much for me. It didn't do much. So yeah, I think we, we can both agree. We've been a little hard. Sure. On Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I, I I think this guy who wrote that journal 
doesn't have a lot of firm ground to stand on <laughs> to tell somebody how they should or shouldn't have acted in their early 20s, you know? <laughs> totally. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah, I wish I still had the book of poetry. Oh, I do too. Yeah, I wrote one poem about a box of tea. Okay. That I, like, uh, it, I don't know. Was it, it had weird, like, edges on it, and I was like, oh, well, this looks like a thing I should Was it from it. the point of view of the tea? No, it's just oh, me talking about you're talking about the tea. About yeah, the tea. Sure, sure. Oh, tranquil leaves of <laughs> morning relaxation, forever waiting to be steeped in the warmest of water. Will I one day, too, be able to be set free from my own bag? Caffeine, caffeine, <laughs> caffeine in my veins. I just need a camo meal <laughs> to fill me up. Slam poets. Bam. <laughs> They're the worst. All right. So this was good. I feel I this feels like a turning point. It does. And an acknowledgement of it's easy to sit on the throne and pass judgment on a life that's not yours. Right. And and I feel like now we can I mean, I'm sure there'll still be plenty of that where we're like, dude! Yeah, but I th- I want to at least live past twenty seven. Right, I would. I I'm sure we'll still have dude moments, but I want it to. I want to come from more from the point of view of like ah, dude, you know, like come on, man, yeah. you know, you you. I'm sure you knew that was not the right choice, or I wanted yeah. you to know, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been interesting so far. And yeah, and we still. I mean, we still got never mind. We haven't even. Yeah, yeah, we haven't even got to never mind coming out, which is when things are. It changes everything. I don't know if <laughs> you know this. They do a show, Travis. What happens? Everything changes. Holy shit! Are it's you- the show where if you ask people, uh huh. You say, hey, tell me about that show. Oh. You know what they're gonna say? This is where everything changed. Everything changed. Everything. Everything. And also, Kurt Cobain died the night before they did SNL right. the first time. Yes. So that's an interesting yeah. story. It, that kind of changed a lot of things. That did yeah, change it did some did things. Some change some things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do we have? Do we have anything to plug before we get on it? This is going up this week. Uh, 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 I don't think I have anything. I don't know if I have any more shows for the rest of the year, to be honest. Yeah, we have, we're doing the live podcast every month now. Last Saturday. Oh, the shit. Mo- uh, the next one is a couple days after Thanksgiving, but... That's the best time to be in L.A. Absolutely. Yeah. Because no one else is here. It's a ghost <laughs> it's, town. It's great. Yeah. You can get around. You so can go places. If eight to ten of you could come sit in the audience the weekend after Thanksgiving, we're doing a live podcast, 8 p.m. at the Hollywood Hotel. There's going to be a comedy show first. I have not booked any of it, so I can't tell you who's going to be there. But I can tell you it will be a great lineup because you always put together a good lineup. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. I put together good lineups because I'm surrounded by a lot of really funny people. I would like like you, the listener. You're a hilarious person, (laughs) and we appreciate you and your support. You too, though, Travis. Thank you, Adam. I feel the same about you. Um, Other than that, The Darkest Hour is back February 8th, or December 8th. Come to that. Uh, What do you got to plug? Uh, you already said. Yeah, nothing. I don't. I don't think I have anything for the rest of the year. You have a podcast. I got. Oh yes, uh, I have a podcast called Quick Question. We just got added to Spotify. So if you're a Spotify person, check out that. We're also available on all the other big platforms. Uh, nice. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, 
What are the other ones? Yeah, Google Play. Google Play. We're on that one. Yeah, stuff like um, that. Also, I'm on Heart Shape Pod, a show I'm really, really proud of. It's a good, good podcast. Uh, it's I on like the it. Unpops uh, Network. I'm really pleased with that. So check that out and uh, check out all of the shows on the Unpops Network. I would recommend those. Check them all out. Yeah, um, every single one. Yeah, check out uh, you lazy assholes. John Fahey's podcast that he likes to promote on my own stories on Facebook. <laughs> something he does. Uh, yeah. All right. I think that's it. This All was right. a fun episode. Travis, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>